welcome to another episode of Times Up Outdoors podcast. Before we get the show started, I just want to give a little quick rundown on who we're talking to and where we're at. Um, as with the last podcast, we are still in Novi, Michigan at the Outdoorama, but this time we're going to be doing this podcast right from our booth, as in the next two episodes that you're going to see. Um, our guest on this episode is Lori Stroick. She runs the Wild Card Outdoors, and we're going to get deep into what that is all about. Um, we met her at the show. She was working the booth across the aisle from us for the NRA. Um, so we talk a little bit about the NRA and her volunteer work with them. But the bulk of the show is about her, um, about Wildcard Outdoors. Um, and just the basics on what that is, um, they're doing some amazing things to get women and children out into the outdoors hunting and fishing. I never heard of them until I met her at the show, and I found what she does incredibly interesting. Um, plus, she had told us that Kyle Green was supposed to have her on his show, and we wanted to beat him to the punch. So um, it all worked out. We were able to find some time, carve it out throughout the day, and uh, sit down and have a nice long conversation with her about Wild Card Outdoors and the importance of getting women and children into the into hunting and fishing. We talk about some of the difficulties of doing so, and we talk about why it's important, um, all that good stuff. So I think you're really going to enjoy this show. Um, let us know in the comments. Uh, don't forget to give us that five-star rating and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, YouTube. Um, and if you're watching this on Carbon TV, boost that score up. <laughs> All right, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Times of Outdoors. Uh, we're back at the Outdoorama, Michigan's Outdoorama in Novi, and we are here with Lori. And Lori is the NRA girl is what we've been calling her all week. Um, she's uh, working the NRA booth across the way from uh, uh, the aisle from us. So we decided to get her on the podcast because not only is she over there working with the NRA, but she also has another organization that we thought was pretty cool. Plus, she said that she was going to be on the Greenway Outdoors podcast, and they haven't called her back yet. So we figured we would beat them to the punch. we got to beat them to it. So, <laughs> Well, that's on you guys, not on me. Just you, Kyle Green. Um so, Lori, why don't you tell us a little bit about what let's, you're... What, let, let's talk about the NRA first. I, I want to... Yeah. So, explain it. We were here last year, and there was... You were kind of explaining to me a little bit, but we knew we were going to have you on a podcast, so I just wanted to learn it right here. So, last year, there was NRA. They were here, but you are affiliated, but not. So, how does that work? Correct. I am actually a volunteer through the NRA, so I can do their memberships, but I'm not a corporate employee. So they have different uh, membership recruiters throughout the U.S., and I just happen to be one of them that are here in Michigan, and they asked us if we would be interested in having this booth here this year. So we said, yes, yeah, and it's right in our own backyard. Uh, this is the first year that they've also had the NRA ILA affiliated with an NRA membership booth, which is the Institute for Legislative Action. Okay. Which is the political aspect of it and what's happening in D.C. to protect our Second Amendment rights. So it's the first time they've kind of had a corporate booth, not a corporate booth, teamed up with the ILA as well. So it's kind of a unique booth this, this year. And so what, as far as that goes, so what is your success like compared to last year? I, I don't know if you can 
speculate a little bit on that. They I'll, gave me a number from what they hit for last year, and I'm about, uh, as of this morning, after we did a few memberships already this morning, about 19 away from hitting that number for last year. Awesome. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so, to me, it sounds a little bit more like, uh, like in the city of Detroit, without going into too much speculation, uh, we've got essentially people that are in charge and that may not know just on their own bias that what we actually do in the field mm -hmm. and so it sounds like you guys are kind of the same way like maybe maybe they i mean not, not bad mouthing but they just they haven't experienced it haven't seen it so when it comes to you know you guys boots on ground you actually the the lower i mean right here right in michigan right in this locally mm -hmm. so you know how to react to these people more as a you know people from dc coming down and saying well trying to relate with your community so i think yeah, that's kind I, of a good point to me i think it, it's an awesome idea that they allowed you to do the memberships and all that stuff like that yes Not uh, a lot of that i'm sorry a lot of that too is what we do outside of which we'll get into um and knowing the um demographics sure you know the outdoor shows the demographics knowing the people that are here uh, one of the reasons we were offered this opportunity is both my husband and I were in D.C. for in January because through the ILA, the NRA ILA, we won the Top Volunteer of the Year Award for awesome. 2018, awesome, which awesome. is the J.M. Littlefield Award. So that kind of gives us a little bit more, you know, we've, we've done this. We've been doing it. It really means a lot to us. It hits home. Um, so we have the a little bit of knowledge, a little more round, round well-rounded well um, versus just someone who is at corporate and they don't understand how the whole outdoor industry is working when they're at a pol you know the political end sure sure yeah that makes that makes sense um, how long have you been volunteering for them I started in 2018 and I did the NRA ILA then and in 2019 we started the membership part of it so what got you what got you involved what made you want to spend your time doing this kind of stuff I grew up with this. Uh, we were, I, our family, they're always a hunting background, uh, outdoors, Second Amendment rights, your guns. That's, I was brought up in that. And so it's been instilled, instilled in me to where this is what it is and you fight for that right. So it's always been something that I've been very passionate about. So you said you grew up doing this and obviously your husband as well. Your husband's also involved in the NRA, am I correct? He is. Mm -hmm. um, not so much on the membership end, that's my end, mm -hmm. but he's able to help me with that. Okay. But we both are through the NRA ILA. Um, awesome. Members, you know, the affiliation with that. And where you, where is your district or zone or who do you handle as far as the membership side? Are you just Southeast Michigan? Are you all of Michigan? Um, with my memberships, I can do that pretty much anywhere that I go because I am a volunteer. Oh, so sure. it's not that I'm assigned any one district with anything. It's... The more members we can get, the better. So as many outdoor shows as we do, and usually we do them with um, our wild card booth and the ILA, and I can still do memberships as long as there's not a corporate booth there doing that. Okay. And where do you where are you living right now? So you probably try to stay somewhere in that region. Oh no, we travel all over. Oh really? Um, this is this just happens to be our backyard, so this yeah. show is nice where we can go home every night. That's but awesome. we do travel all over with us. Awesome. awesome. So how, how many weekends a year are you spending doing this? Between these shows and the events that we do, I have something going on every weekend, at least one weekend a month from now through October. Holy cow. Ooh. October is deer hunting season, so yeah. I'm, I'm going to guess you guys slow down for that. 
Sometimes. <laughs> I just haven't booked that far yet. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm sure the husband's going to veto that. Like, no shows in October. I mean, that's what I would be doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, we do a lot of duck hunt um, okay. as well. So a lot of times we'll plan duck hunts and take ladies and kids out duck hunting. Yeah, so that's... we are always doing something. We just don't have those dates set in a calendar yet. And so I feel like this is a good transition point. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's uh, that's pr- so you're here with the NRAs, your main booth. It's got an NRA all over it. But you're also here, you have your pamphlets for another organization that you are started or involved in, or how does that, own tell us about C- that. I own CEO, founder okay. of Wildcard Wild Outdoor Adventures, where yep. we promote, encourage, and educate women and children in the outdoors. Okay. So, so let's, hear, let's hear more about that. That's, that's pretty cool. It started about 2015, 2014, 2015, um, with someone that had offered us to get some women out to go rabbit hunting. So we did that, did a group. Um, during this time, I was very ill. I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, and I fought it for two years before I had to give in and have surgeries. So I went through two surgeries from two thousand, three surgeries from 2016 to 2018. Wow. And during those two years, um, come real close to meeting my maker. Sure, oh, wow. sure. Um, but I, my mission isn't over. I'm still here. I'm still going strong. And I know that since I'm still here, he has something in store for me. So we just keep promoting this and doing different events. And with our team members that we have, getting women and children out there, just letting them know they can be beginners. They can be advanced. Uh, they, it, the friendships that are built through all of this, it, it's amazing. And so with that, we don't do a lot of our own hunting because we're always taking someone else out. And and my husband will even say to me sometimes, when are we going to go hunting? And I'm like, you don't. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. But just the experience, you know, the feeling that you get when these ladies or these kids' faces light up when they've caught a first fish or they've got their first animal. There's just nothing greater than that that you can experience. That is incredible. We do. We've been raffling off or giving a doing a, a giveaway for a youth turkey hunt because we that's how we decided to have you on like that's an awesome thing because at times up outdoors that's what we try to do mm-hmm. we strive to get kids outdoors because that is the future of our outdoors that's our passion yeah. is to be outside and and hunt and that's going to go away if we don't get the kids involved right. we don't get you know everybody that we can get involved right now and i'm sure kyle green's going to say the same thing but yeah kyle talks about it all the time yeah it's just so important. So we've been giving mm-hmm. that away, which is awesome. That hits home too, and that's why that's an awesome thing um, that you guys are doing. As far as that, how does how does it exactly work? I mean, how was is one supposed to get a hold of you or contact you or? We have uh, Facebook. Okay. We have a Twitter, but I don't really tweet a whole lot. That's just something I've never really figured out. <laughs> Join the club. Um, <laughs> we have Instagram, and we have a website. Okay. So we do have all of that to be able to find us. Um, What I do is I try to be fair with the people who have signed up for my emails. So those people, if I've got an event that's going to be happening and I've got the date in the book and I I now have the event live to register on on my website, I will send everyone an email that is signed up for my emails so they get first notice. This way they get that first opportunity because they actually took the time to make sure they're getting those emails before I put it on social media and say, hey, this event is here. 
So then they can go to the website and they can register. Um, a lot of times my events have limited spaces depending on how many boats I have or how many guides that I have available. So I kind of have to keep that number down sometimes. Uh, sometimes smaller groups are easier to manage, but I have, I did do my first walleye event. I was eight weeks out of my first surgery. I'd already had it planned and I wasn't backing out on it. We, just, we were raised, you don't back out on something, it doesn't matter. You will be, you yeah, will be right. in the ground before you don't show That's up. Good. That's cool. Uh, I had 35 women, Wow. nine boats, we went out of four different ports um, out of the Saginaw Bay. We all met back up at the end of the fishing event, got our group pictures, talked about the event. Every lady that I had there, I had had donations from different companies to where every lady won something. So during the event, wow. I was pulling, we, I had everybody linked, so I was pulling tickets. And this ticket number just won whatever it was. And they would respond back, that's me. You know, they yeah. were so excited. Well, then they didn't know that when they got back, I still had prizes left over. Oh, so I was good. still drawing those tickets again with some of the other prizes that we had with stuff. So if, if what, so what are the age groups for you? You, you? you deal with mainly women and children. With the children, what's, what's the age group? Is it different for fishing and hunting, obviously, or? Well, with hunting, they have to have had their hunter safety okay. to really get out and do something like okay, that. Yeah. Um, I just want to make sure that they understand the whole concept. Absolutely. They're more than welcome to go out with us, kind of see what it involves. Like you were saying, if we don't hit the kids, we're going to lose that. Mm -hmm. The women are the fastest up and coming group for the hunting and fishing right now and fishing more so than hunting. It's really taken off. I look at it at another level as well is a lot of homes are split homes anymore. Yep. And mom usually is raising the kids, maybe not sure how to go about hunting or fishing and getting the kids involved in doing these things. Dad, when he has the kids, might want to do something else with the kids and go sit somewhere quietly with them where you're not supposed to talk because you got to be quiet while you're out in the woods hunting. Yeah. Um, makes a lot of sense. So there's lots of different factors why things are, are happening. You know, the baby boomers, they're dying off and their children aren't picking up the, the guns as much as Pick the, up a the baby Exactly. Yeah. So there's there's different reasons for why everything's happening. So I want to make sure I can touch as many as possible. Age ranges. We've had my granddaughter out when she was three. That's awesome. And she went on a hog hunt and she, oh. Papa carried her almost the whole yeah. way, but she loved it. Yeah. Um, and I've had ladies that I would say in their 60s that have gone out and done these with us. Wow. So, I mean, That's awesome. it's just a wide range. I don't really put a limit on it. If they're interested, there's no reason that they shouldn't have that ability to find out about it. Absolutely. We've had um, three generations on one of our bow fishing events where we had the son, the mom, and the grandma. Oh, nice. And that experience was, that it, you just, you can't explain the excitement. That kid is never gonna forget the time no. he went bow fishing mm -hmm. With his mom and his grandma. With his mom and grandma. Yeah. No, that's. Yeah. It, and you just created that, that child is going to be a bow fisher for the rest of his life. Well, we, we got back in at two o'clock in the morning, and this kid is just wound for sound. <laughs> We're all like, oh my goodness. And he's like, mom, my birthday's coming up. I know what I want. I want yeah. a bow fishing bow. <laughs> you know, so he just thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. Uh, we had another steelhead event. I had three groups of mother daughter. You know, and to have the moms and daughters connecting like this and getting out and doing things, one of the mother-daughter sets, 
the father, the husband, was an avid fisherman and had passed away. So they said, let's go do this in honor of dad. Yeah, right. That's you awesome. Know, so, so there's so many reasons why everybody does this. And the wife never fished before. It just wasn't her interest, but they, they did this for him. That's awesome. That is awesome. Now, so it, it sounds like there's a, a, I got a couple of questions. It sounds like there's a bunch of, uh, there's a, a, a numbering of, of tier level difficulty, I guess. I mean, it can be as low stress as, you know, you just go out there and just kind of have a good time with the ladies and the kids or whatever. Or it, are there women that want to just do it as hardcore as possible? Then they want to get in there and they want to go on a, a bear hunt. And they want to go in, get in the suck and do it. It is. We allow them so that it's a low to, you know, non to low pressure environment for them. Um, they don't have to worry about being intimidated, anything along that line. If they reach the point where they say, okay, I've done enough. It's not for me. I can't do this. We're good with that. Sure. They've at least got outside in, yeah. of their comfort zone and they attempt it. Mm -hmm. If they only want to do a little bit, but they really don't want to get dirty, yeah. that's good too. We'll take care of the rest you of it. Or our, no, <laughs> no. We don't want it to be a bad experience for them. <clears throat> right. We want it to be fun. We want it to be a learning experience. Right. So, And then we do have those that are hardcore that are like, let me in. I'm, I'm getting down with this. That's, that's cool. awesome. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And now when... It, so another question I'm having, it sounds like a, it almost sounds like a guide. It sounds like yeah. you guys are essentially guiding. What, you guys what are is, like a guide for everything. Now, is there a price affiliated with different different portions of it or how does that work? Depending on what the event is, uh, like when we do our hog hunts uh, or different bigger animals like that, obviously you're going to have to pay for that animal. Sure. Uh, when we've done our fishing events, all of that has been donated to us. Mm -hmm. So okay. our salmon fishing events, our walleye events. So these captains are donating their time, their boats to us for these events. With that, I asked the ladies to tip them. You sure. know, you're, they're, mm -hmm. they're still working their bottoms off for us. And, you know, tip them. Give them what your budget can afford. Right. Because a lot of times that's, they're not in a position where they could afford these trips sure. to be able to pay what a, a tip would be. So they're typically tip paying for their tags or their fishing license and then... They still have to have all of their licenses that are required. Uh, and again, that gets into another segue here, but both Brian, my husband, and I are DNR certified hunter and bow hunter instructors. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, so wow. we do make sure that things are by the book mm -hmm. and that there's no laws that are being broke. So they have to have their um, licenses that are needed. Hopefully they have hunter safety. If not, we can hook them up. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, you know, with their classes with that. Firearms, poles, all of that you guys provide. Whatever, whatever they want to do. Um, we've done like pheasant. We did a pheasant hunt and a lot of the ladies that were there, well, I should say all the ladies that were there were all first timers. Mm -hmm. They'd never shot at flying birds before, weren't sure really what to expect. So before we went out and did our hunt, the... Um, ranch that we used did some skeet shooting oh cool so they threw some skeet and let the ladies shoot at those to kind of get an idea of what it's like to shoot at something that's moving mm -hmm. yeah that's so awesome. you know we just try air. to make sure that it's fun and successful we want them to come back yeah heck yeah you know and when i was saying with my being sick it's so much healthier eating field to fork versus oh, yeah. all the stuff that's in the stores anymore mm -hmm. hey, heck yeah it is now for like deer hunting you guys take people deer hunting i assume 
We haven't had many ask about doing that, okay. but if we did, we would try to find some type of area where we could do that. I mean, we don't have the property. We That's live here in question. suburbia. Yeah, that was what my question was, is that deer hunting property is hard to come by um, for anybody, really, if you don't own your own land. And public land hunting is, it's public land hunting. If you're a hunter, you know what public land hunting is like. Exactly. So for you guys to just pop out into some public land with some new, new hunters, that'd be kind of tough to do. So I was actually going to ask, how do you get, how do you go about getting property to deer hunt? But I try to be resourceful, mm -hmm. uh, see if I can find someone who maybe has some property. I mean, we do know several people. I don't like to ask if I don't have to. I would rather be, hey, I've got this. Would you be interested? Um, yeah. and, and we get a lot of that. So, I, I mean, I'm good with it. And like, which, which brings me to my next question is how does somebody so as neither Scott nor I would ever sign up for one of your guys' hunts, right? But what I would do is say I have a duck boat and two dogs that I like to run, and I always like taking people out. How, do, how would I get a hold of you to volunteer my time and boat and services and maybe land to you? All of our social medias, our website, our pamphlets, our business cards have our email address on it, have, our phone, have my phone number on it. Um, so that you can get a hold of us and you know Just and reach produce out that. Yep. yep. Is there specific requirements that you require for those people? Like when you're taking people walleye fishing, you're you're obviously probably using mostly ch actual charter boats. But if somebody else wanted to just, I got hey, I got a boat. I can volunteer my time on my boat and take some people out on, on as well. Is there requirements for that or? Well, some of those laws are getting a little strict now with the um, the waterways where they, if you're not, if you don't have your captain license, yeah. then they kind of frown upon okay. that because then they're like, well, you're taking people out and you're making money off of it. Even though you're not, you're volunteering your time. It's still frowned upon and they kind of look at that and go, uh, we could ticket you. We can, you know, so there's, there's a real fine line with that. Yeah. So we try to watch what we do with it. Um, on the fishing side of it. Yeah, fishing yeah. is different than hunting. Obviously. Exactly. Um, on the hunting side, I've had a, a few different companies say, hey, I, I have this, uh, for example, a turkey hunt. I, I have turkeys on my property. I would like to have one of your, you know, you get a lady up and come on up and let's go turkey hunting. So sometimes what I do when I've got something like that, I don't like to be the one that says, oh, I'm going to pick the person. It's like, you've offered this to me, so I'll put some type of contest together through social media. Sure. And go, okay, uh, send me a 400-word little essay or whatever, or a video. <laughs> That's exactly what we're doing. Yeah, telling me why you'd like to win this. Yeah. And then I then forward that off to the person who is given us this opportunity and say, here you go. Pick. You pick, and this way it doesn't come back to me and go, "Well, you always pick." You always sure, <laughs> say, sure. "I don't pick." You always seem to pick women with blonde hair. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, somebody would be upset about something. Exactly. So it's like, <laughs> put nope, it out I, of your hands. I let them choose. They're the one that you know provided it for us. So right. I think they should have some involvement in that. And so, how now? I'm not going to say that this is what, but it, it, it could. So how does that transpire to the NRA and the memberships? Do you guys get a lot of women and children, or not obviously not children, but a lot of women signing up for the NRA now because they've dabbled their feet in, in hunting and Second Amendment stuff? Do you guys stuff? keep that separate? Or do you keep it as separate as you can? 
pretty much everyone knows that I am, I, I wear many hats. You're the NRA girl? <laughs> <laughs> I can be whatever. The rough grouse girl, the NRA girl, the Rocky Mountain Out girl. I just, Are you rough grouse society? Yes. Oh, really? For, yes. For where? What, the where? MLA city, the Robert J. Lytle chapter is the one we're out of. Oh, okay. You just went rough grouse hunting in, uh, in West, West Virginia. Virginia Ask yeah. him how many rough grouse he shot. I'm going to say zero because it's not easy. <laughs> no, it, it's not easy. We, we, only flushed, we only flushed about a dozen in four days. So. <laughs> well, we did our... Um, first ladies mentored rough grouse hunt last year. Mm -hmm. And we did it in October. That's it, bold. Well, in October, well, okay. Well, yeah. you know, trying to, again, be successful for the women. You know, the first mm -hmm. one, the leaves are off the trees. It's a little cooler. The dogs can run a little more. Um, I had this event planned. And within, it was October 19th. And October 18th, my grandmother passed away on October 9th, uh, I'm sorry, October 18th was my event. However it went, my grandmother passed away two days before and my dad passed away the day before. Oh, my Jesus. So I walked into this event and people... And you still went? I still went. Jeez. I still went. I, I My dad would have probably had lightning bolts coming down if I wouldn't have. Yeah. Um, my dad knew I had this event. My dad was excited for me with this event. Uh, it was back in my, our hometown. Mm -hmm. So I was, and, and I was excited. I was like, oh, I get to actually share this with my dad this year. And it was not the way I wanted to share it, but sure. he was there with me. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Um, he had to do something with success rates, and, yes. I'm, I'm sure. Well, being that the hunt was the next day, I didn't figure many people knew about it at that point that mm -hmm. my dad and my grandmother had passed away. I walked into our, where we were having our meeting, our mentor meeting and breakfast, and I had more mentors there than what I had anticipated. Sure, really. Because somebody had leaked oh, that mm -hmm. what had happened, wow. so they all stepped up, different chapters throughout mm -hmm. Michigan all over, stepped up and grabbed a few extra buddies to come up and help out wow. to make sure this was still successful. Mm -hmm. And I walked in and I was just kind of like... <laughs> that just really restores your faith in humanity and the outdoor community. It, it, it's the outdoor industry in mm -hmm. general. People think that it's really huge, but it's a very it's small, small tight-knit family. I mean, we so all, small. yeah, we all look out for each other. I mean, even here at these shows, you, you learn, to, you know, you meet so many people that it's almost like family anymore. So you look out for each other's booths mm -hmm. and things when, yeah. you know, they're not even in them. It's, it's been a common theme. We've done three, this is our third podcast this weekend, and the common theme has been the relationships doing this, whatever you're in it for, the relationships that come out of it, mm -hmm. and, and just continuously showing you that the hunting community is such an awesome community of people, hunting and fishing. Exactly. And well, and since then, with that, with that whole event, I don't recall a whole lot of all of the details, but my husband has told me, and it reached so much social media. I mean, it was blowing mm -hmm. up social media. That I've had guys come in and saying, hey, I have dogs. I want to be part of your next mm -hmm. woman's event. Oh, that's awesome. So we do have the second annual in the books. We're going to give them a different experience where it's going to be in September. Your leaves are going to be on the trees. Mm -hmm. It's going to have to be a morning hunt so the dogs don't get overheated. But it, it'll give them the, you know, hunting is hunting. There's different stages. There's different things that and conditions that it's not just going out and it's going to be easy. Right. right. So, and that's a, that's a pretty, that's a pretty tough lesson to teach a first timer, especially a grown first timer, you know, that somebody that might be 25 to 35 years old, they don't, okay, well, we're just going out there and we're going to be successful and shoot a bunch of geese. 
but it's not like this all the time. You got to right. come out again and see, you got to fail a bunch to really appreciate. So how many, that was a transition to my next question is how many of these repeat women and children do you get out or do you allow? I do not discourage repeats. Mm -hmm. I want them to get back out because yeah. I try to make my events, I, I try to mix them up. So we might be grouse hunting one time, we might be duck hunting the next, we might be rabbit hunting or whatever it is, you know, it's just, they have to have all these experiences and if you tell them they're not gonna, they can't come again, yeah. Well, they're never going to go again. Right. They're, yeah. they're, they're, that's yeah, it. They're done. Because I would imagine done. some women, it might be the only way they can get out. Exactly. Or children, mm -hmm. for that matter. Exactly. So, no, I don't tell them you can't come mm -hmm. back. I've had several ladies come back and uh, do my bow fishing event. I have an annual, so cool. it's either my fourth or fifth annual Mother's Day bow fishing event. And um, BAM helped me out. Mm -hmm. They donate their boats, their bows, and we get ladies out and every year this has grown and I have repeat women coming back because to well, them, yeah, you got BAM involved. You guys are shooting a pile of fish. So, well, it all depends. It's, they, they, um, some boats have this last year we went out and again, it's mother's day. We're in winter jackets. It was freezing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we've done a daytime one to kind of see, cause some ladies weren't sure about doing the nighttime and the boats in the water and the nighttime is just so much better. So we just, we've continued to keep it in nighttime. And we meet about six. We'll grill some brats and have potato salad, macaroni. We always try to put some type of meal together when we have our events. Then everybody goes and they get out on their boats and the guys go to whatever honey hole they have. And I tell them when they're done, if it's 11, 11.30, 2.30, whenever you guys are done, bring the ladies back and they're free to take off and just share your pictures that you guys have on social media mm -hmm. with us. And everybody loves it that way. So that's all. That sounds like such a cool thing that you guys got going on. And definitely you're taking an aspect that we're really at times of outdoors. We're super, super into and just kind of really focusing in on getting the women and children out mm -hmm. and make sure that they're having a great experience. I mean, obviously, we've got a lot more stuff that we got to do. And it's awesome to see organizations that I mean, you're behind the scenes. You get you get no credit for any of this stuff and you but you don't care. And it's that's, not why I do it. Exactly. Yeah. And that's that's an awesome, awesome thing. For us, we have full-time jobs. We're, we have, it's, it's that pesky thing called the job that we have. To I have one of those. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. So, um, like, we're not, we didn't create a TV show to make money, per se. I mean, at the end of the day, some of it has to be funded somehow. So there is that aspect of it. But we also have our full-time jobs. That's what pays our bills. So we have the unique ability, whereas a lot of TV shows, that's, they have to make money. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like we can focus more on what the reasoning behind getting getting into a TV show is, aside from just the pure entertainment of it. Um, we realize that kids nowadays and, and young adults for that matter, their faces are in their cell phones all day long or their tablets or their computers. It's on a screen of some sort. Right. So if we can inspire them to get outside and do something, rather than just staring at their phones all the time. If that's through the screen that they're watching all day long, you know, then that's how we're going to do it. Mm -hmm. And so like we get to do a little bit of taking a kid out here and there, like a couple of our episodes are taking kids out into the, into the we haven't really done much with like adult women mm -mm. Um, yet. But well, uh, it's kind of hard when you're guys that could be kind of creepy. Right, right exactly. Right. And, we, and we're, and we're all married too. So, well, Nico's not married, but yeah, we, um, yeah, he's married, but, um, <laughs> 
We can't. Like, I don't know how they would be like, you're taking who out? Yeah. Oh, by well, the way, I'm taking this 35-year-old <laughs> single lady the out. The first outdoor show that we were asked to do uh, was two years ago. And then they had asked me to do a seminar. And I'm like, sure, sure. Well, at the, after that, I ended up being asked to go to Las Vegas for the Safari Club oh, you convention. You must have done great then in that seminar. Well, it hadn't done the seminar yet, so I had to have my husband do the seminar. <laughs> and he goes, are you serious? You want me to do a seminar on getting women and children mm -hmm. into the outdoors? He's like, you think that's really going to work? I'm a guy. That doesn't... You're right, yeah. So that's why I said the whole creeper thing. That, yeah, that's definitely a creeper move. <laughs> so, so one of his ladies that he worked with had gone on a couple of our events. So he recruited her to go and do the seminars with him. <laughs> good. That's awesome. Very good. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's... it's it, it, you really have to look at how you do it and how you approach it. And a lot of times women, and I don't say this in a negative way, but we have to have your trust. Sure. Yeah. And we, it, we men need, can be very intimidating. Well, and, absolutely. And I didn't want to say yeah. that, but yes. I think one of the hardest things for women, single women or divorced women, widowed, whatever, if you're a female and you want to get into hunting and you're, you're in your 30s or whatever, who do I who do I talk to? Well, mostly men. So most men that are hunting and fishing, like myself, I have a wife and kids. Like some woman that I'm friends with is probably not going to ask me, hey, can you take me out hunting? Because mm -hmm. she knows that I probably am gonna be like, nah, I don't know if that's gonna work out. Like right. maybe if Amanda came with me, but she, you know, like so I, I would imagine it's really hard for women that wanna get into it because of that aspect. Like who do they go with? Well, even to go to the store and find out what type of equipment or clothing right. or what you need, a lot of men will look at them and go, "Yeah, like uh, ask your really? husband." Really, yeah. you, yeah. you got You don't Which know. Which seems sexist, but that's yeah. just the way it, it's just the way mm -hmm. it is. Well, and it is, and you know, we it, it it's a man's world. Yeah, right. You know, that's how everybody has been brought up. It's a man's world. So where do you start? Right. I was just fortunate enough that. My uncles have been all over the world. Our yep. family's always hunted. So, I mean, it's... Yeah, if you don't have a family member doing that, then... Exactly. Do Where do you go and how do you find these things out? To so, you. and that was one of the reasons that I started this. Um, my, my aunt is the world record holder for the SCI Yukon Moose. Oh, wow. And I figured, you know what? If she can do this, <laughs> anybody can do this. So, she is my inspiration behind it all. Cool. With that... I've seen so many men belittle their wives. Um, so many women say, I, I tried, but he didn't know how to, you know, he mm. was so, he was just mean and he got angry or mad or whatever <laughs> trying to show me. That's fair. So that's, so, fair. So that's, where, <laughs> that's where a lot of women then don't want to go out hunting right. with their husbands anymore. And their husbands always go, well, I wish my wife would go. Yeah, they don't even understand why they won't. <laughs> I need to let my wife know about this because I went turkey hunter hunting with her one time. One time, he and broke her collarbone. she was she was very very in on it. I mean, baby was at uh, the in laws. Everything was great. We sat down, had a big old time. Come over this ridge, and we kind of snuck up on it. And she was she was having a good time, you know, as far as I could tell. The only problem is that I'd never had her shoot prone before, and so she at this moment she was prone. I was using my using my you know hand as a shoot stick. I'm like, he's gonna come right up over this ridge. As soon as he does, you shoot him right in the face. Well, he comes up a little bit to the right, so she has to move, pulls the trigger, and just drops it. I'm like, what are you doing? Shoot it! She's like, my shoulder—it hurts! It hurts! I'm like, no, it doesn't. And I, so I firsthand, I know 
And you know, I, I'm not mm-hmm. trying to believe, and it's nothing that I've, I'm trying to do. I'm just like, you know, you were mean to your I, wife. I watched you cry. I watched you cry because you saw a cute baby duck, and now you're crying because it's like, did it scare you? Yeah, it's like, oh, come on. There's so many things that I think could be happening because I can't relate with that. I'm not a, a broken right. man, bone. and you know, I've broken bones and then been like, oh, and played the rest of a game or went through a fire, and, did, <laughs> and so I can't relate to it. But it's nice to have somebody that can. Right. And now you could say, Somebody oh. that wouldn't have yelled at her. Yeah. Well, you, it, <laughs> it's the first time doing it. You can't expect it to be perfect. You know, sure. so you've got to go into each experience like that. You know, I had a couple at my booth yesterday, and he's an instructor, and he wanted his wife to go out with him shooting. So she went one time. She goes, and I was so worked up and scared. She's like, I, I couldn't do it. I, I don't have any interest. So I got talking with her about it and, you know, making a few different valid points to him. And she goes, yeah, that's exactly it. Mm-hmm. And so I gave her some resources of where she could go and have another lady help her shoot. I'm not great with hand guns. Archery is my thing. I shoot competition. So that's that's more where I'm that's at. Cool. I'm learning the handguns. I have one. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be very addicting and there'll be more in my oh, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> You're going to end up with seven by the end of the year. <laughs> So, and it is, you have to look at each, each lady is different. Each one has their own comfort level, their own trust level. And, and I think that's with me being well-rounded through the DNR, through the NRA, through the NRA ILA, and my experience in the outdoors just growing up that I think that that gives them enough where they can trust me and say, and we're, you know, I'm also pro staffer, Bass Pro and Cabela's. So, awesome. I mean, it's just all these different things. If I'm going to show these women and these children, I need to be educated and make sure that I know mm-hmm. what's all available as well. And you yeah. don't come off as, as like in this case with my wife, like I would be, you know, I'm such an avid hunter and I'm out hunting all the time. And she sees that every day and it, it, it's almost like you, she is afraid to take go with me to do something that I'm passionate and potentially good at, mm-hmm. right? Because she knows my passion level for it. And when it comes to somebody who's kind of stranger and more, you know, maybe a woman and show her how to do this thing, she's way more comfortable with somebody like you than she is with her own well, husband, which that frustrates me. But now I, I, you're actually, I'm understanding this more mm-hmm. and more. Well, and it's like that in a lot of aspects of life. Like when you're a kid and your dad's your baseball coach, Mm-hmm. And your dad's telling you to do something over and over and over again, and you're li- you're listening to your dad, and you're like, yeah, whatever. And then some other baseball coach comes along and tells you to do the exact same thing, and you're like, oh, and then you do it. And yeah. your dad's like, I've been telling you to do that for two years. It's exactly. because you're you know too that's how it is. You're too yeah. It's so someone else coming into the picture has got to make it way easier for women and kids, for that matter. A lot of that is your tone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how it's even presented, um, being husband and wife. The, your your wife also doesn't want to let you down, you know. Yeah. She she knows that this is something that you do, That's so she true. wants to be able to do it with you. But there's that I don't want to let him down, and he's going to get mad if I mess up, and then he's going to yell, and then I'm going to well, be upset. And we took our um, I took my my stepkids out. Um, she's she shot her first deer this year, and she's um she's eight. Awesome. And uh, editing the video for Carbon TV. I'm um, I'm going through the I'm scrubbing through and I'm listening to the audio. And there was a bunch of deer coming in and she's talking loud, and I didn't even know I said it, but I I said <laughs> I swear a lot. My kids know they're not allowed to swear. I'm always getting in trouble at home because I say the f word too much, especially after a work a day of work. Um, I said uh, I go shh. 
shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so focused on like what was going on. And like she was like, there's a deer right there. And I'm like trying to get her to quiet down. I said Shh, like two times. And she, but you're and went, killing her excitement yeah, because she's getting to see that deer. Afterwards, I was like, I felt terrible that I said, and obviously I had to edit that out. But um, she, thankfully, she's so used to me talking like that most of the time. So she, it, it didn't even like watching the video footage when I said it, it literally didn't even register with her because she was probably so amped up. But I still was like, I learned something from watching that. Um, in fact, I always learn things when I watch my videos when I take the kids out that I like need to work on with myself yep. to like be better with them and it's hard for me but to until do that. then you didn't think you were doing anything wrong not, not at all when i saw it i was like oh wow you're a dick because you were just <laughs> as amped up you? as she was <laughs> why did you say that to her she's eight, she's I mean, eight. well and she was excited it's like look 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 there's a deer yeah. there's a deer so <laughs> yeah so uh no i we, we really think that well and you're a super trustworthy person i mean we met you right. a couple of days ago and yesterday you were holding i like you reached for my my son and i was like here you go and I walked away. That's just my grandma touch. I've got yeah, three grandchildren. Yeah, it was like, I didn't even think about it, and Amanda didn't either. She never asked me, like, who is that? She didn't, like, if if she felt a weird vibe, she'd be like, what the, what are you doing? Like, who, who has our kid? But she, she didn't say anything at all. She's like, oh, cool. Somebody else to hold our kid. Well, that is awesome. Um, we are we are encroaching our time limit here, and yeah. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, well, and you got to do one one more quick plug on both what yeah. you're doing here so quick plug like how where they can get a hold of you and all that stuff uh wildcard outdoor adventures we are on facebook our website is www.wildcardoutdoors.com uh instagram is wildcard outdoors social media basically yeah. is the best Easy way play. the yep. easiest way mm -hmm. to get a hold of us i mean we're we're on that constantly um, I actually, my husband's the behind the scenes guy for that. So he usually monitors that a lot more cause I'm busy organizing all the events and, cool. and things that way. But that's the best way to get a hold of us. And we usually within the same day, we'll get back to you. Wonderful. Well, we really appreciate you coming on. It's Thank been a you. pleasure. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. And, uh, tell Kyle we beat, we beat him to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. Take care. Perfect.